We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me on Twitter. And it's Thursday, July 6th. And we'll be talking more questions from the audience. Send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. This is unstructured learning of DFS strategy, game theory, statistics, whatever it is that you want to know contest selection, bankroll management, and anything. Anything you want. How to use the tools here at Roto-Grinders like Lineup HQ. Whatever you want. Send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Let's get let's get the inbox filled. Right next week, Monday through Thursday, there'll be no shows, right? All-star break. So when we come back, we'll have some, some wonderful, wonderful questions for, for us to answer. Tomorrow, I'll take a look at the 14 fight, currently 14 fight. UFC pay-per-view slate, that's on Saturday. So tomorrow we'll take a first look-see at it. If you want to get the, the Ground and Pound podcast and all of our premium stuff, now click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Hit that thumbs up button. You know how much I like the thummy thumbs in the morning. Good morning to the early birds. Jay Simmons, Bart B. Wataz. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What are the questions for today? I got a question in from Jeremy Bratz. I've watched your shows and listened to your audiobook multiple multiple times. Well, thank you. I understand the concept of variance and not letting losses in MLB bother me. But what does bother me is not fully understanding what contest I should be entering with my main goal being winning a large field GPP. 
Yet my bankroll currently at 2% a night would be around 30 bucks. Any suggestions to help? You've said that it doesn't matter whether I max enter a contest or not, but given that I'm limiting myself to 30 bucks, should I just put 30 entries into the $1 mini max? Okay. Well, let's 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 break this question down. I talked a little bit about this yesterday, by the way. So if you want to if you want to check out yesterday's show. One one of the words that I never I never like in in questions is should. Should means that there, there could be a yes or no. There could be a right answer or a wrong answer where there, there isn't. There is no correct answer of this question. And then the second thing is my main goal being winning a large field GPP. So if your main, if your goal is to win a large field GPP, then you know what you should be playing? Large field GPPs and try to win them. Okay. That, I mean, this seems like very obvious, but nowhere in there it says that you're going to make money. If your goal is to win a large field GBP, then play a large field GBP. I would suggest giving yourself the smallest sample size, the, the, the largest sample size to have that happen would be to, to play the play the minimax. Play 30 at play 31 dollar entries into the minimax. If your goal is to win a large field GPP, that is a large field GPP, right? We can take a look at the at the lobby today. All right, they have the mega minimax, right? Now. Right, 29,000 or so entries, right? $3 mega mini max. I can't see the even smaller one. I can't even see the dollar one, right? I'm not eligible to even play those. So I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But like 10 entries into the $3 mega mini max or do two entries into the relay throw or right? Something like these are, these are the large field contests, right? All these other contests, Right, the twelve dollar, the twenty five dollar single entry, the twelve dollar single entry, the five dollar knuckleball, the you know they're they're much smaller field stuff. If your goal is to win a large field GPP, then play the large field GPPs. Okay, and what which ones are easier to win? Easier to win, softer. Typically, it's the the lower sticks. The fields will be softer. The score that you'll need to win is probably not going to be much different than the relay throw because of the size of the contest. This actually the mega mini max has 29,000 entries. The relay throw has 17,000 entries. So actually like it's quite possible that the score, the winning GPP score, the one, the first place score in the, in the mega mini max is going to be higher than that in the relay throw. But the field will also be somewhat weaker in the mini max compared to the relay throw. Okay, so if your goal is to win win a large field GPP, then you play large field GPPs. But remember, listen to listen the wording of how I'm I'm answering this. If you want to win large field GPPs, you have to play large field GPPs. Now, win means first place. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're making money. Okay. <laughs> Okay, understand that. So if your goal is to make money, that that has nothing to do with winning. It may it obviously it's related to some way. Obviously, most most of the money in large field GPPs are at the top spots. So it's hard to be profitable in large field GPPs without hitting the top spots. That's different from my goal is to win, play first place. Not to make money. So if you were to if you were to max out 
let's say the Minimax at 100, 150 entries, 150 bucks, a dollar each, and play that all season. I think you have a decent shot at, at, at winning first place once. Especially if you're watching this show. Especially if you're, you understand how to, how to not build bad lineups. But it's quite possible that you do, yeah, you win it once. And you end up being minus 12% on the year. Minus 18% on the year. Minus 4% on the year. You win that mini-max once for whatever, two grand or something? Yay, you won first place, but you how much money did you make? Or maybe you do make money. Maybe, maybe you are profitable. Maybe on the season, maybe on the season you have a 10%, 10% ROI. Right? But how much raw money is that? I mean, it's raw money, but it's not, it's not that much raw money. So this is this is this is this is why defining your goals matters. If you want to win. Like, I want to win the, the battery, the single-entry 5K to first contest, 367 entries. My goal is to win that. Okay, so you play that. I mean, like, it's it's very, very linear. If that's your goal, then you play that. But it's quite possible that you play this, you play the 121 every day for 100 and 200 slates. You win it once, and you and you still you've lost money at the end of the year, at the end of the season. That's less likely to happen if you play the relay throw. The $15 large field. Why is it? Okay. It's due to the payout structure. Okay. So for instance, let's take a look at the relay throws payout structure, the $15 large field payout structure. So where I typically don't look on desktop, but I'll figure it out. Okay. So here we go. It's at seven. It's a seventeen thousand entry contest or so. First place, fifty thousand. Second, twenty thousand. Third, ten thousand. Fourth, six thousand. Fifth, twenty five hundred. You see, very top heavy. Tenth place is a fiftieth of first place. Tenth place pays a thousand bucks. The difference between tenth and first is forty nine thousand dollars. Okay, so all of it. I mean, like. That the different if you were to max this every every slate, just max it. You would have to, you would have to win first like two or three times a year just to break even. And if some of those first are actually ends up end up being thirds or fourths, now you're down money. Now you're down money because so much it's so top heavy. It could be the most profitable contest for you, but the swings are going to be dramatic. The variance is going to be ridiculous. The difference between coming in, I had a season, what, maybe last, was it last season? On FanDuel? Where, dude, like, I lost money and I had tons of top 10 finishes. Just I had one second and not enough. I didn't have a first and I didn't, I had a lot of fifths to tenths. And I, and I lost money. I mean, small loss, but I lost money. You turn some of those fifths into seconds, you turn some of those, one of those fifths into first, and I'm wildly profitable. That's how that's how dramatic it can be up here. So from a variance perspective, I would prefer, from a variance perspective, that 
the payouts, especially in the top 10, top 20, are flatter. First is 25,000. Second is 15,000. Third is 10,000. Fourth is 8,000. Fifth is 6,000. Sixth is 5,000, right? Like, so, so, so we get, so it's not just like 750 bucks for 11th place. That that's like two grand. So the variance goes down. Once you start getting up to these top spots, I don't want these jumps to be so dramatic that the difference between my, my entire season is, did I come in sixth or did I come in third in a, in a contest? And the difference of like one and a half points. Does, I'm not saying anything to do with profitability. I'm just saying it as far as variance is concerned, the swings of your play. So the flatter the payout structure is, the less variance it is. Now, it's still DFS, so it's still ridiculously high variance. But that's the difference in these large field payouts. Now, let's go to the Mega Mini Max today, right? 29,000 entries. Okay. First place pays out $7,500, right? 10th place pays out $300. This is a little bit flatter. A little bit. Not as flat as it could be, but still flatter. This this contest would be less variance, right? Less top heavy. It only pays 10%. 10% to first, 23% to the top 10. Compared to the relay throw, where it's 22% to first, and 42% to the top 10. So you go, oh, well, are you, what what should you play? Well, that sounds like I sh- you should be playing the Mega Minimax. No, that's not what I'm saying. There's no correct answer. What's the downside of playing the Mega, Mega Minimax? Okay. I framed it as, well, the relay throw, very top-heavy, very top-heavy, and a lot and much more variance. Mega Minimax, not as top-heavy, less variance, meaning that your swings aren't going to be as big. You go, oh, I'm gonna I, I think I should play the Mega Minimax. Well, what are the downsides? Go back to what I said, what what I said previously. The score that you'll need to win the Minimax is actually going to be higher, probably, than the one that you need to beat the Relay Throw. Now, the Relay Throw probably has a a bit of a stronger field, a bit. It's still a weak field. The large field contests are always the weakest fields. The Minimax should be, there should be more dead lineups in here. So, like, let's say, let's say in the Relay Throw, 24% of lineups are, like, bad lineups. In the Minimax, maybe it's 30%. Okay, so now let's say you play, you have the choice, right? You have 30 bucks. Okay, we'll, 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 get, around, we'll get around to it because you have to weigh all these variables and then there, you have to remember there is no correct answer. It's all dependent on your goals. So here's a $3 contest. You had 10 entries into this contest or two entries into the relay throw, two $15 entries if, if you were to do that. Remember, your goal is to, Win a large field contest, so that's what you should be. You're going to be playing. 
Now, obviously, we're, we're using these examples being that you know how to build good lineups, or at least not play bad lineups. Right? So we're assuming that the 10 entries that you're putting in, the two entries in the 15 or the 10 entries in here, you're actually putting in good lineups. Okay? Now, because you're only putting in two lineups in the relay throw, you really only have two, like, you can't diversify anything. Most likely, you're going to either win, you know, you're going to lose 30 bucks, or you're going to win one of your entries back or something, right? There's only so many choices you can make. How many, how much diversity can you have in a two lineup portfolio? Very little. And what does diversity do for you? It decreases your variance. You play 10 entries into the Mega Minimax, the likelihood that you go minus 100% is much lower than if you go minus 100% in the two entries that you play in the relay throw. Right? You play you play 10 lineups in here, you play 30 bucks, maybe 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 you get back 12 bucks. Right? Some of your lineups cash. You're hoping one of your lineups come maybe maybe you put in 30 and you get 110 back. Right? Some of your lineups seven of your lineups don't even cash, but one of your lineups comes and gets you a 5x or 7x or something. You have much more ability to diversify in 10 entries than you do in two, which decreases your variance. Doesn't make it better or worse. It had nothing to do with profitability. Just talking about variance. Because you can play 10 different, but you can, I could play this stack, that stack, this stack, this pitcher. You could diversify more. Is diversify better or worse? No, diversification has nothing to do with what's better or what's more profitable. All it is is variance control. You can build plus EV lineups with virtually any player on the, on the slate, right? Do you play Pablo Lopez yesterday? Did you not play Pablo Lopez yesterday? You can build lineups with him or without him. That were plus eight, just the lineups that don't have him. You have to do so. You, you could you could play a little bit chalky. You can play the Braves in those lineups. Or maybe the ones with Lopez and Lugo, you don't play. You don't play the Braves. Maybe the Red Sox were a little chalky yesterday or something. So you can play anyone you want. But obviously, when you have 10 lineups, you have the ability to diversify more. You can choose not to. You could say, I don't, I'm going to play 10 of the same stack, 10 of the same pitcher. I'm going to just rotate in three mans of other things. You, you can do that also. Those, those individually are plus EV lineups. Just your variance will go up. That's it. That's the only difference. So the positives of the Mega Minimax are the payout structure is flatter. You'll be able to multi-enter, which if you can do that well, the more and more lineups you start adding, the the harder and harder it gets for you because good luck trying to build 150 profitable lineups. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult. Because remember, the second lineup can't win first because if the first lineup wins first. See, if it, your, your 140th lineup may not even be a profitable lineup. You have to be good at building multiple lineups. But if you are, you get the, the 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 positives of your swings will be lower. Doesn't make you more profitable or less profitable. But remember, I'm not talking about anything about profitability here. Just about swings and variance. So this Mega Minimax, $3, 10 entries at $3, will decrease your variance 
primary for two reasons. One, the payout structure is flatter, and your diversification will be higher. Playing two entries into the relay throw, it's very top heavy, which means your variance goes up. And you can't diversify, which means your variance, you can't get your variance down. So it's kind of like YOLO. Playing two lineups, let's to the moon, right? Your swings are going to be, you're going to have a lot of net minus 30, $30 nights. You're going to have a lot of them. So I'm, I'm framing this purposely in this way for you to think, well, that means obviously I play the Mega Minimax. Why, why, why may not th- that be the case from a profitability standpoint? Well, when you win the Minimax, when you win this Mega Minimax of 29,000 entries, you're going to get $7,500. Okay? This is nice. That sounds pretty good. If you would have played that same lineup in the relay throw, you would have made $50,000. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Most likely, the lineup that wins the, the the Mega Minimax today would have won the relay throw, right? Because look at this payout structure. So you'd be like, well, if you could if you could play that lineup in the relay throw, you would have made what seventy five hundred. You would have been five, more than six x six x times the amount of money. The field isn't dramatically sharper. It's still a large field GPP. But of course, when you don't win first place, you're ble- you're bleeding a lot of money. Because it's so top heavy. You're not bleeding as much money in the in the minimax. But the thing is, is that when you win the minimax, you get 7,500. And if you go on if you down swings and everything like that, like you you're what's your risk of ruin in the mega minimax versus the relay throw? It may not be that dramatically as, as dramatic as you think. Oh, I played 10 lineups into the $3 Mega Minimax and play that every day if they offered it every day. Maybe at maybe at the end end of the year. If you win it, if you win it once, the end of the year, maybe you're maybe you're up three or four grand. Remember, you have to lose money in order to make money. It's not like it's seventy five hundred dollars the first. That isn't going to be the peak. Probably, you know, a good 30, 40% is going to be money that you've lost in the process of winning that. So maybe you're up four grand for the year, for the season, if you go by MLB season. If you play two lineups into the relay throw and you went first, like you're going to, you're going to be up like $47,000 for the season. Now you're only playing two lineups. The likelihood of you winning first over the course of an entire season is much lower because you're playing five times less lineups. But your reward is dramatically greater. I mean, let's say you played 10 lineups into the Mega Minimax, and at the end of the the end of the year, you're up forty five hundred dollars. Pretty good. That's still pretty good. I'm not discounting that. That's pretty good. That's good. That's Great, and you build from there. If you did the same thing in the relay throw, you'd be up $45,000. 10 times the amount. 
Now it's less likely to happen, right? There's more risk of ruin. But it's up to you to judge, is that risk of ruin worth 10x the rewards? Being that the types of lineups you're building for both contests aren't going to be different. I'm not even talking about, are you good at building large field lineups? Like that's, you have to be good at that. When people say, should I play small field single entry? Should I play large field stuff? Now, now there's a lineup building difference. Here we're talking about the choice between two contests that essentially you're building the same type of lineups for. If your goal is to win a large field GPP, then play the minimax. It's lower variance. Right? Doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're gonna be profitable. Doesn't mean you're going to make the most money. Doesn't mean any of that. But it should be the least amount of swings in your in your pursuit of that goal of just winning first, regardless of if you're profitable or not. But it's going to be it's going to be much it's going to be a much longer haul to build your bankroll playing the mini max or the mega mini max than the relay throw. Right. If you're looking to like, oh, I want to be able to move up and play the the 222 or the 888, you know, I want to play those types of contests. Like, well, if you can't beat the mini max, then you're not going to be able to beat the relay throw, first off. So, yes. I wouldn't say dive into the deep end and play, you know, 100, don't max out the relay throw at $2,250 entry. I'm not saying to do that. You know how many how many seasons you're gonna have to play? If you if you were able to play the Mega Mini Max like from today and played that every year, and you were able to win it once a year, and you make forty five hundred dollars a year doing so, how long is it gonna take you in order to play the, the same amount of lineups in the relay throw? It made years. which is, that's normal, which is fine. It's fine. But if you were to play the relay throw and you win that, like you're there, you, you could be there in two months. You could, you could also go broke, right? But those are the trade-offs. You're weighing profitability, long-term profitability, swings, variance, bankroll building, what your goals are, everything like that with risk risk of ruin also. If you want to if you want to profit if you want to be profitable playing DFS, you know the best way to do it? Bum hunting. Just play head to heads and send out invites and try to get as many suckers to play a head-to-head with garbage lines. You may only be able to find 10 bucks worth of action. Maybe some days, who knows? How long is that going to take you to get $50,000 in your bankroll? A long time. You're almost, you're more likely to. It may take you 50 years to do it. If you're willing to wait all of that out, your risk of ruin is going to be pretty low. But if your goal isn't to like, your goal is to make a thousand bucks a year playing DFS. I want to make, 
Your goal is I want I, I want to I want to be I want to be able to make five million a year playing DFS, and I have a fifteen hundred dollar bankroll currently. Well, you have to take on an immense amount of of, of risk in order to do that. Immense. You're going to go broke ninety nine percent of the time, ninety nine point whatever percent of the time. If you're willing to do that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no incorrect answer. Just know that you're most likely going to go broke. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And there's a small percentage where you, you end up with $5 million. Are you, if you don't mind, if that 1500 bucks that you have is just lottery money, then go ahead. Uh, who's to say that you can't do that? But then there's some people that take it to the extreme and go, well, I have a $1,500 bankroll and I'm just going to grind out like, I'm going to play five bucks a day. Right? Five bucks a day. I'm not going to play large field GPPs. I'm going to play five $1 head-to-heads. And you may get good action. Maybe you're 70%, 70-30 favorite, right? Which is great. And most of the time you'll be in like the, the 58 or 60% range. I'm going to play $5. I, 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 I have a $1,500 bankroll. I'll play, I'll play less than 1% and play $5 a day. At the end of the year, you'll be up, you, maybe you'll be up three or 400 bucks. Which is great. Okay, there you go. How much time did you put into doing? You might as well get a mini. Might as well work at McDonald's at that point for the amount of money that is. If you hate, but if you enjoy it, it's like no, I'm doing this for purely for the intellectual challenge. It doesn't doesn't matter to me. Buy 300, 400 bucks at the end of the year. Get to you know buy buy a video better buy it buy the new video game system or something with it. Okay, who's to say that that's wrong? That I that's not wrong. That's not incorrect. That's just on the very opposite. That's on the, the nittiest side that possibly is. But you're not going to make much. I mean, like you, the likelihood of you making four hundred dollars at the end of the year is very high. The likelihood of you going broke is very low. But how much does that four hundred dollars at the end of the year mean to you? Just for the sake of like, okay, I beat, I intellectually beat a game. Then, then it's fine. But it's like. It's not going to, how much is it going to build your bankroll year after year? Not, I mean, it's going to take you forever. Which is fine if you don't mind, if you want to do it. Obviously, there's a middle ground depending on what your particular goals are. 
And depending on where you are in that spectrum will determine, you know, what contests you focus on, what, you know, bankroll percentage you do. Well, I'm doing 2%. You can do 10%. Do you have an even bigger edge? The bigger edge that you think you have, the more that you can rest. I mean, that's, that's Kelly. The higher variance the contest, probably the less you should risk if you want to lower your risk of ruin. Playing 20% of your bankroll in large field GPPs, you go broke probably 99% of the time. That's not sustainable. But there's a percentage of time you don't go broke. If you're willing, if you're willing to accept that risk, just no one can tell you otherwise. But don't be shocked. Don't be shocked when you when you're broke. Don't be shocked. Oh my God. But I I played well for a month and I lost all my money. Yeah, because that could happen. You could go on months and months of losing. Especially in large field GPPs. But if your goal is like, Dude, either I'm going to make a million dollars playing DFS or it doesn't matter to me, then that's the, that's the type of stuff that you'd be doing. Knowing that you're going to go broke more than nine out of 10 times. But there has to be a middle ground depending on what it is, what it is that you want to accomplish. What is that you're strong at? You may find that like, oh, I'm just, I'm, Turns out I could find really weak opponents in this sport and this types of contests, and I'm actually pretty good at it, then play those. But there's not much money in there. Like like soccer, for instance, is my best sport. Best. It's not my most profitable sport because the, the prize pools are smaller. And I will play Premier League, and I will play Champions League, but they... Dude, there's MLS stuff. There's there's women. The Women's World Cup is coming up. I can play any of those. The thing is, is that the contests are so small, and the lobby is so shark infested. Like for those for those really the smaller type of stuff, like I I, I can barely get enough. I can barely get good head to head action in Premier League and Champions League, and those are the biggest. So people that are playing MLS, like I'm not gonna, anyone that's in the head to head lobby is not worth playing. We're both losing to the rake at, 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 at worst. So what? I'm going to play for these $1,000 prize pools, $150 the first place type of things? No. I don't play those anymore. You go back eight years, you go back seven years, That I played all, them all the time. I played every soccer slant there was on DraftKings. So that was the only thing that I was playing. And I got good at it. And my bankroll was ridiculously smaller than it was now. So winning $150 for first place was was pretty damn good for three bucks. Now it isn't. Doesn't mean that there isn't an edge there. It's just it's not worth the time for me. I could play those. There's all sculpts around like these variables. Profitability, raw money, variance, swings. How much are you willing to risk versus how much are you going to get rewarded? And that's all up to you. Let's go through the the YouTube chat.
Jay Simmons says, my goal is to make money. I found that I have an edge on FanDuel single game MLB. I stopped playing classic plays and have went exclusively to single games. Yeah, there you go. Chase does that. Can he make money in the classic slates? Probably, he probably can. How much money is there in the single game MLB on FanDuel? Probably not as much as in the classic slates. Is he going to make millions of dollars? No. He can make more money in the classic slates. He's much more profitable. Probably slower swings. Because of his edge in the single game MLB on FanDuel. That's what he's found. So he devotes more time to that. There's no correct or incorrect. Oh, everyone should be playing this. No, he should be playing that. Just like you shouldn't be playing anyone listening to this. Oh, I should. I Jordan. Jordan plays soccer DFS. I should be playing soccer DFS. I was like, are, are you good at soccer DFS? I've no, I never heard of anything. I never watched the game in my life. Oh, you shouldn't be playing it. Poe DJ, DJ Stoner says, I just ride out being up and down 10 or 20% till I hit a couple of 10x payouts supplemented by 50 50 and double ups. Not sexy, but steady. Okay, which is fine. There are many ways, there are many ways to do this, many edges to have, many paths to take. The thing is, only you could define what your risk is. I'm on the nittier side. There's some people that don't mind taking the day, don't mind taking the risks and be like, I'm YOLO, and maybe eight months from now you never see them again. Or they bink three three big things, or they win a millie maker, and then and you 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 know who they are for the next ten years. That's what a lot of this is. Brian C says, "I just feel like double ups and head to heads are no fun." Well, then you've defined what your goals are. Your goals aren't to make money. Your goals are to, are to have fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying that. Don't take me, don't get take me the wrong way. I'm not saying that like facetiously. If you're playing to have fun, play whatever way you want. Play the most fun way. But then don't complain to me when it's like, oh, I lost a thousand bucks over the course of the year. Did you have fun? Oh, yeah, I had tons of fun. Said how how much time did you put into it to have fun? Oh, thousands of hours. It said. So it was cheaper than going to the movies. It was che- it was the cheapest entertainment you'll have. You'll have. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if your goal is to have fun, then to do the stuff that makes that has gives you the most fun. If you don't want to go into lineup HQ and start looking at projections and ownership and blah blah blah, if you want to go and go, ah, I, 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 I'm going to say, mm, mm, you go. What what's the wind? It's third. It's thirteen mile an hour wind and whatever. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick three guys uh, that have uh, that have a last name that start with C. Like, and that's the most fun to you to go. No stopping you. You have to admit that that's probably not the most profitable way to play. That's probably not a winning way to play. But if that's the most fun way to play, then go for it. It's fine. 
Just like poker, everyone wants to win a WSOP bracelet, but that dude grinding 2040 limit is constantly winning cash. Well, th- neither, neither, one is not better than the other. One is just higher variance than the other. That's it. That's the only difference between the two. You're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna win multiple millions of dollars playing 2040 limit holdup in a short amount of time. You're probably not. Winning $2 million, winning a WSLP break, like $5 million, $10 million, the main event or whatever. Well, you can only do that by playing the what, w World Series of Poker. But your risk of ruin is absurdly high, obviously. The, the 2040 limit player, the risk of ruin is extremely low. And there, you could take shot even in poker. You could take shots. Doesn't mean you have to do one or the other. In poker, I am predominantly a cash game player. Even back in the day, right? I would go to tournaments with with tournament, you know, people, good tournament players that I was I was friends with, and they'd play the tournament. I play the cash games. And occasionally I would play, occasionally, occasionally I'd play the tournaments, right? It's a decent sized field with the, 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 a structure that's good, long levels, stuff like that. Maybe, eh, okay, I'll give it a, I'll take a shot, I'll shot take. But other than that, I'm, I'm looking for the softest games there at the stakes that I'm comfortable with. And I was looking to make money. I was looking to pay my rent. Looking to have a nice lifestyle. Do I have to make all the money? No. But that's me. I can't say, well, for me and my skills and what I'm looking, this is this is exactly what you should do. There is no correct answer. That's why I'll say there is no correct answer. There's not even even if we both have the same goals. If you said, okay, Jordan, I'm I'm 100 percent with you. I still can't tell you because I'd be like, well. Well, how much how much uh, head-to-head action do you get in Champions League? They're like, well, I don't follow, I don't follow soccer. It's like, yeah, so you can't just do what I do. There's some people that are like, oh yeah, I, I do great in tennis. It's like I can't help them. I don't I don't play DFS tennis. I know several really good, really good high stakes, several maybe two really good high stakes uh, NHL DFS players. They always tell me it's like you should. You're good at soccer. You're good at MLB. You play NHL. Similar concepts. The, the, the contests are fairly soft. You should play it. I'm like, I, gotta, I, I don't know anything about hockey. I haven't followed hockey in 20 plus years. And I can if I wanted to, but I mean, I, fo- I just focus on other things. But I can't do what they do. I can't, oh, well, go ahead and pick off NHL head-to-heads. Like, I don't know. I'm, my edge in NHL is not going to be anywhere near what those guys are. Just like your edge in soccer is going to be anything but mine is. So you can't just do what other people are doing. What do you do? When I say I want flatter payout structures, is because I want the I want my variance. I I want I I'm saying I'd like to have lower variance contests. But I'm not saying that the the, the payout structure should go down to stupidity. the first place. It needs to be worth it to win, especially in large field GPPs. And truthfully, the the heavier the payouts, the more top heavy the payout structure, the more beneficial it is to sharp players. 
from an EV perspective, it is because people build lineups that are either too low projected or too high owned. And when it seeds, when, when the, when the payout structure is flatter, the min cash, those min cash spots, those 90th percentile spots are worth more. And that's what a lot of people build towards. They don't build towards first place. So the more equity we put in those spots, it actually decreases the edge that you have. The highest edge contest would be the Millie Maker and Winner Take All. That would be the best edge contest there is. So good, like, everyone goes broke in the process of winning that. So it's unrealistic for them to ever offer that, but that would be the highest edge contest. The NFL Millie Maker, but we just gave everything the first place. Well, whatever the prize pool was. $7 million prize pool, $7 million a first, second place gets zero. That would be that. That would have the largest edge. The problem is that everyone would go broke and wouldn't be able to offer them that long because you'd be putting in entries and never getting anything back. Even though theoretically, if you could play like 4,700 lifetimes, like you'd be up a lot of money. If, if you were able to do that. So these are the things that you consider. So there's no there's no correct answer. According to Jeremy's question, it's like my main goal of winning a large field GPP. I get the sense, and maybe I'm putting words in his mouth. I get the sense that he's equating winning a large field GPP to making a lot of money. Instead of thinking in terms of I want to make, I want to make a bunch of money. And what's what is the best path for me, for Jeremy? based on his skill set and his bankroll to do so. If your main goal is to win a large field, that to me, that's like a, that's a, that's a fun. That's on the fun level of the spectrum, whatever you want. Play the cheap, play the quarter arcade, play the dime. Go to FanDuel and play the dime. Do they still offer the dime contests? I can't see any of this, so I don't know. I think they offer nickel and dime contests, whatever. Max, enter that. Have fun. You'll all, typically 150 lineups in the nickel. Like you'll have, and you're diversifying enough. You'll always have some type of sweat. Like not, maybe not at the top, top level, but you'll always feel like you're like, oh, well, I'm going to diversify, play 150 lineups into the nickel contest, right? So that's like what, $7 and 50 cents. And you feel like anything, I, some team puts up 13 runs. You probably have a stack of them. Something to root for, right? And do that. Definitely do that if you want to practice. Like if your if your goal is to like oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to start max entering the higher stake stuff, even the fifteen dollar relay throw. Like, dude, you should be practicing on those contests, on the nickel contests, the dime time contests, the quarter arcades. Can't win those. Can't do well in those. Like, I don't know how you'd expect to do well in, the, in anything with sharper fields. Even though the sharpness isn't that that dramatic. Matthew Rowland says, I watched the show yesterday when you talked about the projected ownership total. I used that method last night and turned 115 in lineups into 2,400. So thank you. Okay. I don't know that had anything to do with me. But I guess... Because if you learned something and it immediately turned into profit, that's so that's always nice. So I'd hit that thumbs up button, right? Matthew Rowland. 
Okay, so tomorrow, I'll get the lobby off of here. Tomorrow, tomorrow, covering the, the UFC paper, the UFC 290, is it 290? I, I I never know what the numbers are. I can always tell by the, by the hashtag. Is it 290? Yeah, it's 290. 14 fights as of now. Good luck finding an underdog. That's what we'll be talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll talk about what what are what are these nut lineups going to kind of look like? Because we're going to have. I think you can be more likely to try to avoid duplication on a fourteen game, fourteen fight slate than leave two grand on the two grand on the on the table. Because we have a lot of big favorites on the Saturday card. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Send in your questions. Okay. We're going to have the All-Star break Monday through Thursday next week, right? It's, we're going to be off. I'm not going to be here. But when I get back, I need questions, right? So set, submit them. Questions at theoryofdfs.com, right? Don't just put them in the comments. Email them in. I, I hoard them. I, I keep them in my storage, in my inbox. We answer them. But hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification notification bell to know when we go live. we got crunch time coming up for this early slate. This early MLB slate, we got the Grinders Live later today. For the, for the late slate, we got FanDuel stuff. We got DraftKings stuff. We got Will with the Pick'em stuff. We got Scores and Odds grants over there. You know, with the, the home run stuff. And go to subscribe on the Scores and Odds channel for that. Got tons of stuff coming up. Obviously, get all the projections, all the ownership, every, all the numbers that you'll need to build plus EV lineups at Roto-Grinders. Right? So... Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And if you want to learn more about the subject that I talked about today, your variance and swings and bankroll management and contest selection, that's that's in theory of daily fantasy sports. If you want a more structured way of learning, get the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that's like for the fundamentals and then the advanced players course with the custom Excel tools. That's that's more for, for experienced players. Get both of them. Theory of DFS dot com and i will see you tomorrow and and as i always do here you know answering your dfs strategy questions monday through friday 11 o'clock eastern on the dfs pregame show on rotogrinders.com <laughs>